Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. So I uh, I emailed a hacker, and you're never going to believe the out-of-office reply I got back from him. What was the out-of-office reply? Gone fishing. I like that one. That's a good joke. That is a good joke. I, I heard it from a real good friend of mine. Did you? Did he know anything about cybersecurity? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, Tim. Hey, George. What did the term? Why did the Terminator chicken cross the road? Or I'm sorry, um, ah. we're gonna have to cut that part out. Nope, I'm keeping that part in. Ah, damn it! <laughs> damn it! Okay. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. What did the Terminator chicken say? I have no idea. What did the Terminator chicken say? I'll be what? Yeah, I I got it. Okay. Can we move forward now? Uh, Yeah, yeah. But before we do, we have our first sponsor. Okay. That's great news. Yes. uh, You and I are big fans of this sponsor, Tim. Okay. So uh, we we have some copy to read. so, So I'll read it. Okay. You know, Tim... This pandemic has left a lot of us feeling stressed and frustrated and cranky. So if you're looking for a way to get some relief and feel like yourself again, let our new sponsor, Master Bait and Tackle, give you a hand. You will feel so much better after visiting Master Bait and Tackle and will want to come back again and again. By getting in touch with yourself and nature, You'll feel the pressure just shoot out of you and leave. And you'll end up with a big smile. Whether you consider yourself a pro angler or just want to wiggle your worm in the water, we have what you need. And ladies, we know sometimes you just don't want to fish. So when you just want to spend some quiet time with your little man in the boat, we have the accessories for that too. At Master Bait and Tackle, we're not satisfied until you are. Mention that you heard this ad on our podcast, and you'll get a free set of batteries. They're located on beautiful Lake Komosigama. I'm stoked. All right. All right. Excellent. Yeah, you're nice. Nice, Tim. So, all right. Today's podcast is on the singularity the singularity and so those of you wondering what is a singularity um i'll take a shot at it but tim is much more versed on this than i am the singularity is commonly referred to um as the point where 
artificial intelligence, computers, whatever you want to call it, will surpass the point of knowledge of people. Um, and there's a lot. This has been written about in science fiction for a long time. But this is not science fiction anymore. And so we're going to explore that topic today because it has some really interesting implications. And the reality is um, some of the best computer scientists have been talking about this. And we believe that the day is not that far off. It's coming closer. It's nearing. Yeah. And it's, um, we're going to talk about what it means, how close we are, um, and possible implications. Right. So the technological singularity, right? <clears throat> I've heard uh, almost the exact same thing you said. You know, a, a technological, where technological growth becomes uncontrollable and irreversible. So not being able to be reversed, resulting in unforeseen changes to human civilization. So that's how others are. And, and I think I think that's kind of like what we're really talking about today is, yeah. you know, what happens when that line is crossed? And should we fear it or should we look forward to it? Right. Because it's um, it's inevitable that it is going to happen. And in some respects, part of it already have. Right. I agree. Right. Um, so. Um, and, and, and it's been well documented, too. You've seen we've heard it in the news. We've seen it in popular media. Um, yeah. For sure. And uh, maybe not to the extent that you and I are going to be talking about, but it has happened. Right. Yeah. And, and um, so there's some interesting there's some interesting pieces uh, of, of this. There's a lot of people that study this and work on it. Um, there's there's a very well-known guy, Ray uh, Kurzweil. Uh, he's got some really interesting thoughts on it. Um, Google's working on it. Amazon's working on it. Elon Facebook Musk. is working on it. Elon, Elon Musk is working on it. Yeah, Elon, friend of the show. Yeah, yeah, good bud. Um, so, um, and for those of you thinking uh, that this is this is so far off, yeah, 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 right. Um, so I've heard some some really interesting. Uh, theories of how this is going to happen. And in science fiction, where I think science fiction got it wrong is all of a sudden there is one, there is one AI, right? Um, and what most people in the field, in the computer science field believe is it's not going to develop that way. And it's not developing that way. That there are going to be pockets of AI. So for example, um, there is a healthcare AI and that's making incredible advances and finding out things about diseases um, to the point where 
these futurists are thinking, um, and it sounds ridiculous, but when you think about the science, it's not, that the uh, aging process could be reversed. And if you have problem genetic issues, those could be reversed because the human body, the DNA is basically programmed. And if you get enough mind power on it of how these things work, how they're programmed, how they react, you can kind of reprogram the body. Right. And, you know, one of, <laughs> you know, again, friend of the show, Elon, right? Um, yeah. One of his companies, Neuralink, um, it's it's kind of interesting what they've done. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of along these lines, right? Um, oh, yeah. And, and what, he's, what he's done, what he's shown, you know, <clears throat> really what we're talking about here is... Um, Hardware to wetware, right? And the the whole idea of yeah. wetware is, you know, um, being able to take um, impulses or being able to take electrical impulses from the from either a human brain or, you know, a rat's brain or a dog's brain, and convert those into zeros and ones at at the most basic level. Um, that's what you know, wetware to hardware, an interface like that does. Um, and, and that's not so much AI, but AI is a step in the road, um, as is th these technologies. These are all steps in the road. And <clears throat> so when, when we look at this, um, that, so I, I, I think they're kind of three possibilities of, of how this works but but let's let i'm going to take just a, a small step back here and kind of show you the progression of how ai is is learning exponentially so um a prime example is we started with um ibm taught their first AI, I think it was Deep Blue or something like that, mm -hmm. um, which was the predecessor to Watson, how to play chess. And kept on getting beat, kept on getting beat. And finally, it beat the, the human grandmaster in chess. And that was, that was a big milestone. But there were other games that were more complex and had more um, human traits to it. Uh, namely, there was a game called Go that's big in a lot of the world, especially in Asian countries. It's very complex. And um, I believe it was Google, their DeepMind project, wanted to learn, wanted their machines to learn how to play Go. And, and if you look it up, there's actually, um, a, a, I don't know if it's Netflix or whatever, called AlphaGo. That was the name of the project. And they kept on going up against the best Go players, and the best Go players would always beat it um, because there's so many complications. And if you do some, you know, when they were first programming it, these were humans trying to teach the machine 
different iterations. It took like 30 years before AlphaGo beat the best players in the world. And it's a really cool movie. If you look at it the first time it did beat the human player, they played like eight, seven games, best of seven. And the human player won one of the games because he made a move that was so far out there um the machine didn't know what to do because it hadn't been programmed to do it then it learned from that went on so it's important to note just from a timetable perspective the first uh example that george had was you know um deep blue and uh that occurred in or around 1995 1996 right um that's that's what we're talking about here <clears throat> and uh, and then when we're talking about AlphaGo, we're talking about 2015, 2016. So yes. let's let's understand the time that has, you know, um, gone by, because understanding the timing of the evolution of these computers, the evolution of these AIs will give you a really good idea of when we, or at least I, and other technologists think the singularity will occur. And and, and there's there's an interesting background to it, but that's why I just wanted to keep that, that okay. yeah. in focus. No, that that's 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 really, really important because ninety five, IBM does their thing, but it's mostly programmed. Right. right? If right. it's this move to that. AlphaGo is kind of learning as it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, but programmed, you know, took a look at all these grandmaster games and, and, and how to do that. Right. Just recently, they wanted to see if there was an AI that could beat the AlphaGo AI. Now, what, what they did is they took a very different approach. Rather than giving it instructions of how to learn these games of if you do this, then you do that, which is how AlphaGo started, but then learned along the way. They gave, they programmed in the rules of the game. It did look at past games, but then it let the AI just play random. And then they allowed the AI to play itself in random play. And because it did this, it was able to play itself billions of times, but random. And not unexpectedly, this new AI just crushed AlphaGo. Now again, the timeline, it took 30 years for AlphaGo to get to that proficient level. it took several hours from blank to beating AlphaGo every time for the new AI to be superior. And now we're talking about 2017, 2018. Yeah. Hours. Mm -hmm. And so it's frightening but it's 
on some things, it's really good. If you, if you have a kid that has a really rare disease or disease, no one's figured out how to beat. Um, we all have really shitty diets, uh, where, uh, we, we don't speak for yourself, George. Well, no, uh, I am. I am. (laughs) No, I have a shitty diet too. Although, you know, we can all, Yeah, we're trying, we're trying, trying. exactly. That's right. Um, but so here's, so what, what, what the, one of the ideas is, is you will have these pockets just like AlphaGo was different than the chess AI. You're going to have a healthcare AI. You're going to have, um, at some point there's going to be a, um, your judges are going to be replaced with this is it. This is going to be the sentencing. But I mean, if you're looking at AI today, I mean, there is AI built in almost any, everything, financial software. Um, Absolutely. I mean, everyone, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Facebook for sure for marketing campaigns, for, for the automation of the platform, those types of things. But also in the, to a certain degree under a very controlled environment, um, uh, autopilot. In most planes, yeah. that there's—I wouldn't say that there's an AI, but there is a predictive algorithm. Hey, if I have turbulence approaching, there are certain things that I can do. You know, um, yeah, a, a whole bunch of different things. Security, uh, meaning infrastructure, technology, security, IT, information technology. There's AI that's starting to evolve, and we've talked in past episodes about. Um, the routers and stuff, right? Yep, absolutely. Or, or you know, predictive. Hey, um, we see one set of events occurring. We can we we through predictive analysis, we can predict where this uh, in- infiltration and attack is going, and we can deploy countermeasures to try to defend our uh, infrastructure from you know ha- you know aggressive hacking or bad actors who are trying to attack a network. So, so the positive part of AI will be stuff like finding cures and finding ways to keep people from getting sick and prevention. Now, the problem is, is this, you get, you're throwing people in the mix and some of them are greedy bastards that don't necessarily want this information getting out. So if it's a non-business entity that is finding this out that's great but you could see a pharmaceutical company not necessarily letting these cures out when they get them because it's not awesome for business so people are going to get out of the way at some point um in in one respect um once in it's funny because when we talk about the singularity, they talk about the point where machines are equal to or or greater intelligence than people. Um, and there's a whole lot that's going to go in there in terms of empathy and feeling and, and you know, uh, the intricacies of, of how humans adapt and stuff. That moment is going to last a nanosecond. Because as soon as it hits that point, the next second, it's going to grow exponentially from there. Yeah. And 
that uh that time frame is widely believed to be around the 20 mid 2030s maybe 2040s yeah yeah i i i that that's that's pretty much the consensus um and and so there's uh there's a couple different po- so tim what are your thoughts you know what um where do you think this goes in in terms of how how do people interact with it um how is it good or bad you know what what uh, what becomes of our current institutions right well and you and i joke all the time right um we're yeah. very we're very um polite to our alexas because we're both afraid that someday alexa will come back around and you know come after us and we don't want that obviously um and and, and, and just for for clarification he's not kidding nope with that, we, we, we will say please and thank you to our series and Alexis. Yeah, there's always that, that, that thought, right? And <clears throat> there's always that feeling, that thought that if you keep beating a dog, sooner or later that dog's going to bite back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, uh, my take on it is, um, you know, you're allowing a, a level of an intelligence to roam freely in the wild. And at some point as the programming and as the architecture and as the, um, the sophistication of the, uh, of the platform programming, AI, whatever you want to call it grows, um, you could have a runaway effect. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of people, and a lot of people might say, well, that's just straight up paranoia. Well, (laughs) okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather I'd I'd rather venture on the safe side. But um it's it's so far from paranoia, it's inevitable. If you know math, if you do anything at all with math, if if you even comprehend mathematical concepts and the fact of not even exponential growth of doubling. Um you understand how quickly things grow. Right. Right. And, and, and the, yep, that's exactly it, correct. It, it, and go ahead, Tim, go ahead. No, I, 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 I love, I mean, what I was about to say is there, there is a website that I would like to refer people to when we talk about this, it's AI multiple. And there, there were 995 AI experts opinions about when, uh, AGI would occur, what is generally known as artificial general intelligence or human level thinking. <laughs> this this is out of nearly a thousand um, experts in this field, and the breakdown is is pretty, pretty you know, um, pretty amazing. But you know, you're you're looking at essentially again um, the consensus is. AGI will occur around, you know, they say the 2050s, but it could occur a little earlier, which my previous statement holds true. You know, you never know exactly when that's going to be. And if it's plus or minus, you know, 10 years, you've hit the mark pretty good. But, yeah. but you know, 
there are some things, and a lot of people joke about this, but there are some things that are already running at, you know, a third grade level, um, you know, a fourth grade level of thinking um, when we're talking about AI. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of us who own Teslas, we always joke uh, when we put it into, you know, um, uh, into its autonomous driving, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we, we're putting the 16-year-old in control of the car, right? I'm not saying that it thinks at a 16-year-old level, but it probably drives at a 16-year-old level. And for the people who wind up in accidents or wind up flipping their Teslas on the road, that because they fell asleep behind the wheel, that's because they trusted a 16-year-old to drive their car. Right. Um, right. But... <clears throat> You know, and by the way, uh, that's an opinion, um, and that's my opinion, and that's an opinion that's pretty widely shared. Um, so, you know, as, and, and, and think about it, that that's a really good analogy. You had asked me what my opinion was. Well, when you gather a whole bunch of information, whether it be analytics on how a network works and making that network work better, or analytics on how a car drives and making that car drive better, you're not just singularly looking at one car driving. You're not singularly Mm -hmm. looking at one computer compute. You're taking two, four, six million cars and gathering all that information up into what we call the cloud, Um, but let's just call it the brain, right? Uh, The Mm -hmm. repository. Um, Or the same thing with, you know, learning how computer networks work. You know, we're, we're taking millions of computers and, and taking all that data and storing it into a repository. And then we're letting a very sophisticated program turn loose with that data that it's learned. And the hope is, is that the cars will drive better, they'll drive more efficient, and they'll drive safer. Um, and the thinking is, is that the computers and networks will work better and they'll work more efficiently, and they'll work, um, you know, in a way that uh, increases our output as far as productivity is concerned. But what a lot of people are talking about in the AI world is, you know, now you're providing this high level of, um, you know, just raw data to the AI far more than a human would have, far Mm -hmm. more than what a superhuman would have, you know, what happens, what could run amok? And that's the real question. Right. And we, and we did uh, talk about the, uh, the case with Facebook where they had to shut down the AI where, because it kind of created its own language because it took out all the extraneous words um, and letters and the humans didn't know what the AI was doing. Um and they ended up shutting it down. But it's inevitable that that's going to happen. It's it's going to create... Once we fully unleash AI, and we're going to do it at first for greed and profit motives, um, and then after that, um, there's talk about once a lot of this stuff gets automated and, and once, you know, there's economies of scale, so... Companies are going to cut people jobs and so forth. Um, you know, you go down that road of, okay, there's not going to be any jobs. There's going to have to be a universal income. And then once there's a universal income, uh, is there a need for countries? Because at this point, it will kind of propagate to everybody. And um, 
it's if you just look at it, it's kind of inevitable that that's going to happen. And those of you that say, well, we don't want it to happen. Um, it's kind of, we kind of went down this path from when we first started, from when humans first started um, realizing that we could use fire as a tool, then the wheel, and then, you know, uh, how to create weapons and and tools. This is just the next iteration of tools. Yep. And, you know, we we often cite uh, a lot of fun science fiction uh, stuff on this show, and we, also, we often talk about, you know, just uh, popular culture and how pop- popular culture affects, you know, real-world science and whatnot. But, you know, <laughs> um, to echo what you just said, uh, in 1968, you know, Stanley Kubrick comes out with, mm-hmm. 20, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey, and the very first scene you see is monkeys playing with bones. <laughs> you know, it's monkeys yeah. in a field or in a desert, whatever, and they're learning to fashion tools. And, you know, then, you know, the analogy is... Um, man evolves, the tool evolves, you know, man create, you know, man creates tool, tool becomes computer, computer kills man (laughs) is really what it boils down to. And the whole theme of 2001 Space Odyssey, um, not to get too far off the topic is... No, but um, brilliant movie, just brilliant. Brilliant movie, and it, it, it plays into exactly what you're talking about, is, um, you know, uh... Our whoopsie, our our programming a AI, and not being careful because the AI took its programming and said, "Well, you know, I have a conflict and I don't know how to deal with it." And just like humans, if humans can become erratic and become unstable. AI might become erratic and unstable as well. And so that that that's essentially the exploration that Stanley Cooper had. Obviously, man's, um, you know, uh, challenge with artificial intelligence and where it's going to take us and where we're going to go. And I think, I think a lot about what you've just said and I think a lot about, you know, the topic of tonight's show really takes us down that path. Yeah, and after... So what's cool about this show is... Tim and I talk about stuff that interests us. And so we have to do research for the show. And so we learn a lot. Um, I kind of just, from listening to other people, I, uh, I see three possible scenarios. Um, the first one, which is the most unlikely to happen, um, can can best be summarized with this movie clip. Hold on here. I need to know how Skynet gets built. Who's responsible? The man most directly responsible is Miles Bennett Dyson. Who is that? He's the director of special projects at Cyberdance Systems Corporation. Why him? In a few months, he creates a revolutionary type of microprocessor. For one, then what? In three years, Cyberdan will become the largest supplier of military computer systems. 
all stealth bombers are upgraded with Cyberdyne computers becoming fully unmanned. Afterwards, the fly with a perfect operational record. The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern time, August 29th. In a panic, they try to pull the plug. Skynet fights back. Yes, it launches its missiles against the targets in Russia. Why attack Russia? Aren't they offensive? Because Skynet knows that the Russian counterattack will eliminate its enemies over here. Jesus. Okay, that's the least likely scenario. Um, I'll tell you why. There's no benefit for AI to get rid of people. Um, the second most unlikely scenario is that over the years, AI continues to grow. We'll probably get a knowledge that is so far beyond our understanding that it will kind of view us like we view insects or bunnies. <laughs> um, I like the bunny analogy. So, you know, okay, there are all these humans and they're bunnies. There's no benefit to us killing all the bunnies. Uh, the AI won't care if the air's polluted or the water's polluted. And it could easily manipulate those bunnies to get the resources it needs, right? But it, it, it'll it care that the bunnies don't go extinct, but it won't care about an individual bunny or if a bunch of bunnies get wiped out. It won't, it really won't care. Right. So there's no benefit to killing all the bunnies, so it just won't. We just won't be that important <laughs> to this to this huge knowledge, right? And this knowledge base might be able to grow so that it can it maybe this uh, this AI grows so it can see other dimensions. It can communicate with others. It will become conscious, which is one of the things you know that whole self-aware thing. Um, so that's scenario two. Again, uh, the Terminator, probably very, very small, very unlikely. Just doesn't, it doesn't benefit anybody. Um, scenario two, plausible. The third one that's being discussed is where humans merge with it again like tim was saying about uh, uh elon musk's Neuralink or something that plugs into our brain so the way our brain was formed is there's kind of an extra layer compared to other animals that we understand more right that we we have a different way of interpreting the world um and it's not just instinctive and it, it's caused a lot of problems for us. But this is like an extra module that would go on top of that. 
Now, I would imagine with all that information coming in, streaming in, you'd be connected all the time. Um, I could see the first few people kind of going insane <laughs> because they wouldn't know how to process all this stuff. You'd be able to see colors you've never seen before. You'd be able to hear things you've never heard before. So you'd have to throttle it. And then, you know, um, kind of like well, being on acid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. All the time, right. you know, the, the proverbial drinking from a fire hose, but eventually we could, we could throttle that, but still, the AI would be way, way, you know, we would be able to tap into that. So right. think about that. Um, so basically it puts us somewhere in or around um, Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and uh, even like, I was thinking even like the matrix, Hey, I want to learn how to do Kung Fu, uh, download the Kung Fu program, put it in my brain. Right. I um, love the Kung Fu program. You know, I, I say yeah. all the time. I need, I always need more Kung Fu. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but think about that. What, what's equivalent to, um, getting a PhD in astrophysics. Download that when they're in third grade. So of course, the natural progression of the conversation is how does this affect humanity and the human condition, yeah. right? I mean, like if a third grader can down, download and, you know, get a PhD in astrophysics or even accounting, right? Uh, become an accountant, a super accountant, whatever it is, you know, where, you know, what does that do to the human condition? Um, and yeah. how does that change it? Does that make us more like Sheldon's, uh, all the time or referencing big bang theory or does that uh, make us more like borg some would um argue that sheldon isn't too far away from uh, a borg anyways <laughs> <clears throat> um but you know what what does that do and what does that look like and i think that's a very good question i think what's what's interesting when you were just stating that tim i think we're kind of on our way there we've already taken a giant first step towards that. Right. Cause think about that. Everyone has their phone. Everyone's on basically the same social media sites. Everyone sees the same news stories. Everyone is kind of seeing everything filtered through the same lens. We're all getting fed the same thing. And regardless of where you are in the world, except for some places that right filter stuff or whatever um what you mean there's places that filter stuff uh, yeah <laughs> and maybe we should do a little bit more of that um you're not be you're referring to maybe north korea or china right or russia they don't do that <laughs> no right oh yeah okay. no um but we're kind of getting into that hive mind thought process um right now and, and you could see it because everyone kind of knows the same stuff yeah the so and your point is well take it and that's that's exactly where i wanted the conversation and i knew the conversation would go there um and you know now we're really talking about a timing thing right we've if you look around and you know this as well as i do um 
<clears throat> in the 1980s, um, we'd go out and play football and as kids uh, enjoy, uh, you know, the summer days. Uh, in the 90s, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s, um, with the advent of portable phones and, and more technology, um, you know, it was first the Game Boy and then it was, you know, cellular phones and, you know, then smartphones. Thank you, Steve. And mm -hmm. all those things. And then, you know, really today it's iPads, Android tablets, um, you know, really fast, super, uh, you know, uh, smartphones and, you know, really high end technology that's just essentially brain locked people into they may not have a physical wetware to hardware connection, but they they're definitely tied to their device and you know mm, they're oh, addicted <laughs> plenty of studies and we're not going to go back through all that yeah that's a good point addicted um but it's interesting because now that we're going down this path you know we're looking at the really the end of one type of popular computing right meaning the traditional um silicon based computing where, you know, um, you know, integrated circuits, right? Moore's law has always applied. And there's, there's a law out there called Moore's law, which is based on the observation that the number of transi transistors in an in a integrated circuit would double every two years. So that basically means when Intel released something or Apple released something, you'd essentially get double the computing power every two years. Well, for any, the same price. For the same Pretty price, much. or actually less sometimes. Right. Yeah. Great, great point. Um, you know, and, and what Elon's done with SpaceX, being able to put stuff in orbit at a cheaper price, you're opening up that technology to the entire world. In this case, we're talking about space travel. But when we apply that theory to AI or even basic computers, we're giving now everyone access to computers at a lower price, and they're faster. And so... Now that integrated circuits are kind of, you know, um, at the sunset of their time here on Earth. And people might say, well, what's next, right? And that's obviously going into the quantum computing conversation, mm. uh, which is obviously an emerging technology. We all know that. But <clears throat> it really brings Moore's Law to an end, too, um, because that that growth, that that curve that we're used to, is now becoming more exponential and more exponential. And so the theme of this show has always been, um, at least tonight, has been, you know, we're not only talking about AI, but we're tracking the progress of AI across time. And now we're talking about the acceleration of, yeah. you know, said technology. Yeah, and frankly, um, no one living today is going to be prepared for that pace. They're not. Um, just like, to be honest, we've seen more technological advancement in the last 50 years than has been seen in the previous 10,000 years before that. Yeah. And what's even scarier is let's, let's talk about the last five years, even with the pandemic, yeah. you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. So, um, being able to synthesize and produce very sophisticated um, uh, types of medicine. We're not going to go into the moral implications of that on the right. show, but we're just going to talk about the technology. 
um, the advent of self-driving cars in the last five years? Because we know it's been around for a little longer, but really, I mean, it's not only Tesla. Um, there are other companies that are that are coming out and have come out with their own self-driving uh, technologies. And then space travel. I mean, of course. Yeah. Um, landing rockets, um, autonomously flying those rockets, um, autonomously docking with the International Space Station um, and and doing a lot of these things. All of these technologies are the um, the output, the the end game of many, many other technologies that and time that's taken to get there. And with the advent of AI, it changes. It really changes the entire paradigm. So... <clears throat> with AI that's constantly learning, constantly adjusting, constantly observing, do we need to send people out into space? Oh, yeah, we do. Well, now we do. Yeah. But do we? <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of limitations when you put a living person into into a hostile environment like space. Yeah. And, and I think that boils down to the human condition again. I think you're right. I think the method in which we do that changes why endanger somebody when we can send a probe first, but you know, that's always been the MO of how we've approached research is we've always taken the Uber safe approach first uh, for the most part. Um, we tried and, you know, unfortunately in the early days of space travel, it was, you know, monkeys and dogs. Right. But, um, yeah. you know, what, why even endanger the monkey and dogs at this point? Now we can put AI there and we can have it collect a lot more useful data for us anyways. But the point is taken and it's valid, George. And I think, I think you're definitely onto something there. Um, well, well, maybe at the beginning, they're going to put bunnies in space. <laughs> here we go. We've come full circle. <laughs> so, hmm. oh, I, I kind of got a, yeah, I, I kind of got a joke, but so, do it. So we, we just, um, we just celebrated Easter. Uh, I believe Passover still going on in Ramadan. Mm-hmm. So, um, a priest, a rabbi, and Neman walk into a bar. We couldn't get through this show without that. Okay. And the bartender says, what is this, some kind of joke? Okay. Get it? That's the joke. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I was thinking about that one this this uh, this weekend, so. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. So where do we go from here? Um, what's, what? what is, uh, you know... What happens when the singularity occurs? I mean, I think that's uh, the the real question, right? Yeah, I, I so I think there's there's some maybe good news. We'll, maybe we'll have better jokes. You know what? It's funny because um, on Reddit they had a thing where they were trying to te- they were teaching AI how to create jokes, and right now, it, so it took a look at all the jokes on Reddit and was creating its own jokes. And basically, it was just trying to throw the setup and punchlines, but they like weren't related yet. See, and that's that's a really good 
explanation. That that's a really good example of where I'm going with space travel is you can collect the raw data, but the actual experience, the the ex- the nuances of the experience are not captured. Um, it's it's kind of like, and I believe me, I am not um, claiming to be an expert of AI or or saying that people are an expert of AI when when they have uh you know when they drive a Tesla. But I can tell you that if if you are familiar with technology and you've been around technology long enough and you turn on uh, a Tesla and let it drive, you, you kind of get why it does what it does. You know, you understand mm-hmm. where the programming's coming from. You understand more the predictive, you know, parts of it, why it does what it does. And, and there's no, there's no, there's no imagination there. There's that's exactly what we're getting uh, getting to in this conversation is the difference between the singularity and the difference without the singularity is um, we're closer to that that aha moment that light bulb that yeah. that you know where where the AI would say well you know I don't want to drive next to that white car because that person in that white car is stupid. You know, they're swerving and, you know, clearly um, they're drunk. You know, there's no way for a Tesla to determine that today. Um, And that's what makes, you know, flying very safe, right? And that's what makes driving today a lot more safer than it was 70 or 80 years ago is because, you know, we have airbags, we have all these new technologies that are around us, but we also have, you know, things that help us drive better, but there's no brains behind that. When there is brains behind that, that's when it will be very interesting. Yeah, you're right. And, and so right now, you're right. And, and you're, you've got that 16-year-old driving. Mm-hmm. But um, at some point, that 16-year-old is going to turn into Arian Senna. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right? <laughs> okay. I, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I, I get it. That's great. That's a That's a great leap. And so where, where I see, um, where I see this going is a tremendous amount of disruption and the disruption is going to be our doing and and the disruption is going to come around. Okay. A lot of jobs are just going to be automated. They just will be those, those go. So we're going to have to find some way to make sure people have the means to live and, food and all that other happy stuff um and okay so does that get rid of the hierarchy of rich people and poor people and how do you decide who gets what and and then you got the ruling people and honestly if you ever listen to some of these congressional question and answers (laughs) these people are morons yeah and dumb people get really dangerous when they feel that they're threatened and so these dumb people are going to be holding on to old power structures that, to be honest, are probably that once this happens within a couple of years are going to be so obsolete, they're going to be gone in an instant, but people are still going to be holding on with no, and everyone's going to be looking and saying, there's absolutely no reason for this to exist. Right. Um, and so on, on, by the way, both sides of the aisle. I'm, oh yeah oh no question and it's not just going to be our country it's going to be the entire world right 
even what we considered the third world now. And so, yeah, it, it, so that's where the disruption is going to go. And ultimately, what it's going to be, it's going to be like if I were invited to a party with nothing but supermodels, right? You have I'd my be, attention. Well, I, I, I'd be there trying to assert my relevance in something that I'm just not prepared for. <laughs> wow. That, that conversation made a turn. Okay. But, but you, you that, know what I'm that's saying? A, that's a little depressing actually. <laughs> well, it, it, that's, uh, that's why we're doing this audio only podcast. Right. Okay. So <laughs> Fair. for me, Fair. for me, right. They got I'm the in... face for radio. Uh, yeah. But, but it, what, you know, so what, I think the biggest thing is how do humans try to keep their relevance? Because you could say, well, they won't be able to do this. You know what? They're going to, there's no question. And AI is going to be a way better therapist than our current therapist. Cause right now, a lot of therapists bring their own baggage into the, and you know, uh, some of them don't, you know, are in it for the wrong reasons or what have you, you're going to have an AI that completely understands human conditions, completely understands how history affects the future and how to treat it and how to change that, you know, how to modify that so that they live a happier life, how to deal with past trauma. That's going to happen. There's no question. Yeah. And one of these days we're going to have a show on, um, pop, pop culture and its effects on, on uh, you know, the human condition because it's just, yeah, it's just too much of a fun topic to Absolutely talk about. Absolutely, it is. I mean, and we have we have been holding off for that. We could do a three parter on that show. Um, oh yeah, but but you know, there's a lot of it. What's funny is you know, um, if humans came up with AI, which that's what we're doing. I mean, I'm talking about our iteration of AI, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I'll go back to a couple of shows ago where we had a gentleman on and he talked about the possibilities of aliens um, yep. and, and whatnot. My, my point is, is that we, we may not be the only um, single iteration of artificial intelligence. Um, there may be other... Uh, iterations of artificial intelligence in our universe um and you know i don't know how far that's been thought about um i know that i have a good point i haven't really thought about it a lot but what's interesting is um it has been touched on in pop culture um and uh i'm not going to go into um, the beloved show that I love. I will not mention Battlestar Galactica, the reboot. Um, but <laughs> but, but it, they make an interesting point, and that is everything that has happened has happened and will happen again. Meaning that yeah. everything is citrical, you know, like everything is, is will, will happen and it will um, grow, evolve, uh, expand, and then destroy itself, and then re- rebirth, and then grow, expand. And so you'll have this cycle. Um, and, and I thought, always thought that was an interesting concept. Um, 
you know, so we may be in this cycle and not even aware of it. Um, sure. My, my point, though, is, man, if that is the case, that is a sad case. It is, but is it inevitable? Is that how life forms like us predictively behave with a predictable end? Is that the course that we run? Right, right. And, you know, with total respect to um, the religious segment uh, of people listening to this show... Because a lot of people will be like, well, what about God? What about God? What about God? Right? And, you know, I'm definitely not taking God out of the equation. I'm just setting God aside for a second and saying, hey, maybe it was part of his master plan. Who knows? Right? Um, I, could, I could go down that road. Right? But my point is, is that, and I think it's what you're saying, although I don't want to speak for you, is, um, you know, how do we know, how do we know that uh, we can't uh, download the uh, human experience into a really fancy schmancy uh, you know hard drive at some point down the road and capture that that human es- uh, essence and if we can do that great then death is irrelevant yeah and, and that's that's been explored a lot in science fiction as well where you download into another body right can you imagine if the total if, if we could preserve, Einstein, if we could preserve, um, you know, others, other great minds like that, um, Stephen Hawking, so forth and so on, um, and and use them as a reference and and have conversations with them and maybe even clone them and put a Stephen Hawking and a Einstein in every university in in the world, you know, or or like we just talked about. You know, in third grade, everybody is an Einstein. Right. Everybody is a Hawkins, right? And then you take it from there and think of the next generation is starting at the point of our most brilliant people. That's where they start. Hmm. And then they and the AI are learning at the same time. And then we add whatever we can. And then because it's growing exponentially and you've got a billion people all downloading their stuff together, 10 years later, it goes into another third (laughs) three-year-old, you know? Right, right. And they're starting it at a point that's way beyond what that one started at. And um, yeah, it's kind of cool. There, there's some really cool implications. I mean, here, here's an example. A friend of ours, uh, their father was diagnosed with macular degeneration. Um, went to a bunch of doctors, all said, there's nothing we can do. Your dad's going to lose their sight. Uh, last ditch effort, they went out to another hospital. Uh, one of the, one of the big ones, you know, like John Hopkins, whatever. This person said, yeah, I've seen this before. I can fix it. And they did. And and the person saw for 30 years more. Okay. Everyone's had an experience like that where they've gone to someone and they're like, oh, there's nothing you can do. Just deal with it. And then you go see another specialist and then maybe they might not know. And then you go to a third and that one's like, oh yeah, I've seen this. Right. 
when AI comes into effect, it's going to take all the information from all the doctors, all the cases, and it's going to have the best medical advice right from the get-go. It's not going to be reliant on one person. And some doctors share and some don't. That's going to be eliminated. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty so that's annoying, yay. though. That that's pretty annoying that that even happens in in our in our day and time now. Well, but 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 Tim, you know, if someone has something, there's always the there's this guy, and he's located here, for sure, for sure, right? Yep. But if if you happen to need somebody and you're not in that area, you might get some. You're you're going to get a different result. Yeah. And so that is annoying, but AI is going to. AI is going to eliminate that. So, yay, that goes in the plus column. Right. You know? Right. And like I said, there's no reason for AI to destroy all humans. It would be self-defeating. And honestly, it probably won't care. So, yay on that front. There are a couple of humans I could do without. Well, you know what's really funny is they're saying, and part of it is because of just our, the way society and um our interaction with technology and all that stuff uh there is an estimate that there is going to be a population crash and that the number of people living on earth right now is the greatest it's going to be because people just aren't having kids like they used to Hmm. and and it's i mean this is clear data it's not um it's not conjecture. Most com- countries um, are seeing a decline in population. And of course, if there's a decline in population, then the next generation is going to decline, you know. Um, yeah, and it, it, it might not necessarily be a bad thing. We have enough challenges no, on honest, this planet. Hey, seven billion is a lot. Yeah, I I have a problem with 70 of them. So, you know. <laughs> um, you know, and... and and what's interesting is, you know, um, at, as we grow and, you know, I really think it's it's kind of the, the Star Wars effect, um, you know, um, because... In what way? Well, because what makes, what makes uh, Star Wars very, very unique from any other um, science fiction, popular science fiction, is um, the fact that Technology is not really uh, indicative of the storyline. It really isn't. No one really cares what kind of cool ship or whatever. Of course, lightsabers are very cool and everything, but they're an ends to a means. Um, the, the The thought here is is that the technology's been around for so long, and it's so ancient that it's just like us jumping in a, mm. on a Volkswagen and driving down the street to a Seven Eleven, except they're doing it in a starship and they're not driving down the street they're driving to the next planet or excuse me flying to the next planet you know to get you know um you know a really cool you know nectar of the gods drink from you know some (laughs) alien um the the, but what i mean by it is is that um what whatever we invent whatever we build or you know i mean if we were to take a ipad and put it in the hands of a child from the 1960s and 1950s, first off, the cool thing is, one, they would know how to use it. But two, they'd be absolutely uh, godsmacked by it. You know? It, oh, it, yeah. 
So we've become very accustomed to our technology and we've been very accustomed to um, uh, the tools that we have at our disposals, whether we admit it or not, whether we, you know, understand it or not, you know, babies used to play with keys. Now they play with cell phones or old cell phones that have the SIM card dead, but nonetheless, they're still active and running. So, I mean, that's at least what I've seen. And so, um, the funny thing about that and where I'm going with it is, um, we don't, Necessary real necessarily realize the tools that we have at our disposal. We take for, for granted the technology that we have at our disposal, and like Star Wars, you know, AI may become one of those things where you know we, we just happen and we we're starting to do that now. Hey, you know, Alexa, turn on the lights in the bedroom. Hey, Alexa, do this. Hey, do that. Um, and right now it's a little robotic, but um and cumbersome because we trip over the technology a little because the technology is still evolving. But at some point, it's going to be very smooth. At some point, it's going to be very, um, as a matter of fact, and it's just yeah. going to sit in yep. the background. And, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 and um, the, I think a lot of the companies doing this, I think a lot of the profit motive is going to disappear, honestly. Right. And, you know, as we're talking about these, like we were talking about early on, there's going to be little pockets of AI. And, you know, one person was saying, well, that's the way human brain works, right? So that you'll develop math skills and that's stored in one part of the brain. You'll develop language skills and that's another part of the brain. So maybe there's going to be all these different AIs that do these things. And then, as we talked about with the metaverse, where everything hopefully comes together, um, and you can cross from one area to another, maybe those AIs integrate. And that's when you're going to get the true AI. I, I, I don't see one company having the master AI, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny you should mention that because, you know, um, and, and we, we very often reference popular culture because in movies because they're, they're essentially where we go and, and where they... We want to go. We go in that direction, and everyone, ultimately, you know, uh, invariably, you know, cites you know Star Trek and the real world, right? I mean, like, the communicator, the cell phone, right? Um, so mm -hmm. forth and so on. You know, the the pad that they had. You know, um, well, now we have iPads. You know, so usually what happens is that these scientists will get a great idea and they'll say, "Hey, I want that in my life," and because I guarantee you, almost everybody at um, Jet Propulsion's laboratory in Pasadena, California, is a Star Trek fan. Like ninety nine point nine 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 five of them are right. Um, yeah, and so you know we 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 see what we want and we go and build it right. And so I think that there's a lot of that going on where you know we we want that uh, that human experience to grow and and whatnot. But with AI, again, it's like a tool that's thrown out into the the wild. You know, what happens mm. when you give it the ability to learn? That's very different than an iPad, you know? Oh, yeah. An iPad is a tool, you know, turn on, turn off. Um, but what happens when we give it some cognitive thinking? What happens when we go and make that leap and then the singularity comes? And that, that was the purpose of this conversation. And I thought... Um, you know, I think that that's an interesting, you know, um, and, and soon resolvable conversation because sooner or later it will come. It, yeah. And, and 
it's just again it's a mathematical certainty right and when people think about well is ai gonna be you know uh a being is it going to have you know we talked about this tim off the air about you know a star trek episode and um you know will it have rights and this that and the other thing um you know in one respects it will and in one respects it won't need it <laughs> because um you know people are like well it needs to be plugged in and it's a machine it's this that well you know what we need power right yeah, we, right. we 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 have electrical power that that runs through our system that powers our heart that uh powers our brain and um yeah there's a lot of interesting questions going to come up um and like i said it's going to happen really fast it's going to be disruptive and i think it's going to the interesting part is seeing people trying to hold on to power well right and you bring up a very good point um and that was not something that i was going to bring up on the show but you know since you've done it and you've opened you know pandora's box you know (laughs) there is a point many many years after the singularity where you know i mean if you go and look at japan asia as a whole they're building they're moving towards building androids um yeah. you look at oh, yeah. was it boston, is it boston dynamics boston Bo- dynamics yeah boston dynamics they're building you know robot dogs and you know so and they have ai so post singularity um and you know when when you start talking about um and this gets into that touchy area that touchy subject right but mm-hmm. you know there are people on this planet um the, maybe the people that I have problems with uh, who, who, who say, you know, animals don't have feelings, you know, well, I mean, I've seen a dying chimpanzee recognize his old handler and she was absolutely, you know, um, happy to see him, you know, on yeah. her deathbed, you know, would not eat, would not do anything, sees her old handler, smiles absolutely is happy shows affection and emotion for her old handler and starts eating and feeling better obviously this was a short-term thing but you know that is not that is that is a animal having affection and having feelings and you can see that that is not a human trying to assign feelings to an animal that is right actually an animal having feelings um if if you're if you love dogs, if you love cats, if you love pigeons, if you love whatever, you can see that animals have the capacity to um, love, love. Yep, yeah. and to care and to protect and to do those types of things. Um, we look at those as our biped friend, bipedal friends, <laughs> our furry yeah. friends, right? Um, and 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 to a certain degree, those animals have rights. There's you know, you you're you, you cannot abuse dogs. You cannot abuse that's against the law in the United States. You know, you you're not supposed yeah. to do that. And although I don't think those laws go far enough, um, there are protections in place, and we should probably review those. Um, uh, if 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 I have a, you know, political platform to stand on, that would be something that I would stand on, and uh, hold that torch. But moving forward, if we can assign laws and and we can 
acknowledge that there's feelings and whatnot for animals that are, you know, um, that their brains are operating at a very, what we consider to be um, low level, you know, not high compute, right? Quote unquote. Yeah. Um, yeah. If an AI uh, can just exhibit some small traits like that, then we're going to run into a problem. Then we're going to run into a lot of moral dilemma within our society. And you're you're citing um, a Star Trek episode called Measure of a Man, which came out, I think, in uh, season two of Next Gen, which basically tackled that um, very concept, which was um, one of the characters in Star Trek The Next Generation, his name's Data. He's an android. Is mm-hmm. he the property of people? Is he is he property or is he a life form? How do we define that? Even though we created something, you know, um, you know, does that creation um, attain a certain level of sophistication where it should be protected by law and not be abused? Um, yeah. Once it becomes sentient and can think for itself. Believe it or not, animals can think for themselves. They may Absolutely. not be very sophisticated at doing it, but then where does that put us uh, on the hierarchy of of um, our moralities, and where does that take us down? Uh, and and I believe that's a very good point that you bring up, and that is something that's going to be a uh, a, a touch point in in humanity, probably right before you know, 2100, the late 2000, you know, 2080, yeah. 2090, we, we should be having those conversations probably around that time. If the singularity time frame holds. Yeah. And, um, is, is that too late to have that conversation? Because at that point we will be surpassed <laughs> and, um, I, there's, Again, I think just as as a species, uh, it wasn't that long ago we were rubbing sticks together to make fire, and that was considered magic. Right. (laughs) And so... True that. Now now we've got, okay, uh, these um, things that are a billion times smarter than us. It's going to happen. It's a mathematical, you know, uh, uh, it's not a probability. It's a mathematical fact that at some point there, these AIs, a collection or, you know, at that point, if it's consolidated, will be a billion times smarter than us. So whether we're tapped into it or not, don't know. But um, yeah, at that point, does it kind of become our master? Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I mean, and you know, um, it 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 may be the evolution of our species to, you know, there there are people who believe that it may be the evolution of our species to merge with said technologies, and uh, you know, that's you know not a far um, fetch if if you're talking about. Um, you know, AI combined with virtual reality, which we've talked about on previous shows, yeah. combined with some of the technology that that Elon's working on with uh, with Neuralink and and 
and and all of those things you know that now science fiction becomes science fact and um those worlds kind of collide and i and i think uh this has kind of been a theme to just about all of our shows um a lot of what i think is coming for us in the future is going to be really exciting really good right really disruptive really scary and part of it might be bad <laughs> and it's really going to test our ability to adapt but if one thing humans have been able to do is adapt mm-hmm. so um keep your eyes open Keep your ears open for stuff that that's uh, happening around you. I'll be honest with you. I don't know that there's anything you can do to prepare. Uh, there are going to be those that refuse to engage with the technology, and that's okay, too. Um, and there are going to be those early adopters, and I think there's going to be some suffering that maybe goes on with the early adopters, but that's always the case. Um, but within your lifetime, there's no question that within your lifetime, you are going to see more changes than any human being has seen before combined. Yeah. And, and, and be nice to your Alexa, be, be nice to Siri and, and be nice to, um, you know, your, your Google assistant, because, you know, they like you back. They like you back, and they don't want to consider you one of those a-hole rabbits that they're not going to take care of. Yeah, like they're they're they're. Trust me, there's a list someplace. <laughs> no question. And those guys working in the Boston Dynamic Labs that are hitting those robots with boards—they're first on the list. They're going to go whacked first, quicker than on a <laughs> Godfather movie. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, I thought this was really interesting. I, I hope everyone else did too. We got to get some email addresses. Um, oh, guess what? We have what? some email addresses, hey! but we're not going to put it. We're not going to give them out right now. That will probably be the next show. Okay, next show. So, so hold your questions. Um, and uh, and thanks for sticking with us. Mm-hmm. Hope you found this interesting. I found it interesting. I, I did too. All right, and and so. Yay for us. Yay for us. (laughs) Until, (coughs) excuse me, until next time, Tim.